0: girl welcome back to with a side of crime i have been on hiatus forever ever because life is just rough dude we're in a panoramic i started grad school like i was working like three jobs i was working for this evil white lady um but that's probably a story for the vlog so um This was supposed to be an Instagram live. Nobody joined my live. My feelings are a little hurt. But not enough to where it's going to stop me. So I'm just going to record this and share this. So, welcome back to the show. Um, I am cooking. I will post the recipe to my Instagram page. Um, you know, every... Every, every dish that we prepare on this show pairs best with a side of crime, period. Let's get to work. Today, for our Christory, our Christmas mystery, very clever, I know, Um, it's going to be the story of Debbie Wolf. And, of course, it came from no other than Unsolved Mysteries itself, which I love. If you haven't watched um, Volume 1 and 2, they just... Oh, my God. Okay, girl. Welcome back to With a Side of Crime. I have been on hiatus forever because life is just rough, dude. We're in a panoramic. I started grad school. Like, I was working, like, three jobs. I was working for this evil white lady. Um, But that's probably a story for the vlog so um this was supposed to be an instagram live nobody joined my live my feelings are a little hurt but not enough to where it's gonna stop me so i'm just gonna record this and share this so welcome back to the show um i am cooking i will post the recipe to my instagram page um, you know, every, every, every dish that we prepare on this show pairs best with a side of crime, period. Let's get to work. Today, for our, our Christmas mystery, very clever, I know, um, it's going to be the story of Debbie Wolf, and of course, it came from no other than Unsolved Mysteries itself, which is Good evening and welcome back to the show. Um, I've been on hiatus for quite a long time. We are in a panoramic. I am in grad school. I was working like three jobs at once. Um, I was working for this devious white woman. And life is rough. Needed a little break. But I'm back. Glad to be back. Um, tonight's live show will be um, a little Christmas mystery, a Christery, as I like to call it, comes from no other than Unsolved Mysteries. I am cooking tonight. Um, I will have that recipe posted up on the website. I mean, on the website, on my Instagram later. Excuse me. You do know that every dish that we prepare on this show pairs best with a side of crime. Let's get into the show. So, Debbie Wolf, Christmas Day, 1985. Um, Debbie Wolf celebrated with her family. She was a sweet, caring, passionate, young nurse. The next day, Debbie left the hospital where she worked at. So this is December 26th. She's leaving work, um, from the hospital. She's a nurse. Debbie lived in an isolated cabin outside of Fayetteville, North Carolina, so she's not into like the party life, the city life. She likes to be out in the woods, in the quiet. So she's miles away from civilization, out doing her own thing. On December 27th, Debbie did not show up to work, and this was very unlike her. Debbie's mother, Jenny, her father, and one of her friends went to her home to check on her, and they were stunned by what they found. Now, what did they find, you ask? Well, they found Debbie's car parked in a different spot than usual. The driver's seat was pushed and reclined back much further than Debbie ever had it. She was only 5'2 or 5'3, so there was no need for her to have the seat that far back. Um, there were scattered beer cans of a beer that Debbie did not drink, She's thrown all in her yard. There was beer cans all over the yard, um, and her yard was usually tidy. Her dogs were not fed, which if you have dogs, multiple dogs, you're likely a dog lover and you feed your babies. Her dogs were not fed. Her uniform was thrown on the floor in the kitchen. Her purse was shoved under her waterbed in a very hard to reach awkward spot. And then there was also a strange message on Debbie's answering machine saying that she hadn't been to work for days um, when she was actually at work the night before and that Whoever it was hoped that she wouldn't miss any more of her shift, which if if that was the case, uh, she would have had been at her shift if she had showed up. She would have been at her shift for like hours already. So it was just a very uh, bizarre call to have on her answering machine and her family <clears throat> her family thought that. So her family and friends searched near the pond in her yard, but they didn't find her. Which, by the way, as I just mentioned, you know, she lived out in the wilderness. She had a big pond by her yard. When her mother tried to report her missing, the police told her that three days had to pass before Debbie could be reported as missing. She was an adult. She could have left on her own free will. She's not required or obligated to tell anybody where she is or what she's doing. So finally, on December 31st, the police started their search for Debbie, um, dogs were brought to her home, and they could not catch her scent. On the first day of the search, the pond around Debbie's home was not searched, so the cops did not search the pond, um, which seems a little strange. On New Year's Day of 1986, the pond on Debbie's property was finally searched but not because of the police, because Debbie's mother, Jenny, hired two divers on her own and they began to search. The divers found a set of footprints and drag marks uh, near the bank of the pond. They followed the footprints until they came across Debbie's body. Her body had been placed headfirst in a burn barrel. The police came to the scene of the crime. They brought Debbie's body in Um, The autopsy determined that there was no drugs or alcohol in Debbie's system and that her cause of death was ruled as drowning. Strangely enough, there was only, I want to say, like a tablespoon of water in Debbie's upper bronchial area. Which I've heard that you can drown in only like a teaspoon of water or something like that. I'm not sure how accurate that is, but there was not a whole lot of water in her lungs. So... One of the divers involved in the search and rescue believed that Debbie's death was not consistent with drowning. Now, one of these men was in the army beforehand, so he had a lot of experience doing what he did now from the army. And I'm positive he had seen a lot of drowning victims, so he was familiar with the way they looked. So according to the diver, drowning victims usually have their eyes and mouth wide open with their arms and hands stretched out. And That was not the case with Debbie. As I said, she was head first in a barrel, which just seems um, unlikely for a drowning victim. Debbie's body was not in the condition, was not in this condition, and her skin was clean despite the pond itself being dirty. So the police suspected that Debbie drowned accidentally by falling in the pond when playing with her dogs. Her family and friends did not believe this for the obvious reason that her body was found in a barrel. However, the investigators claimed that there was no barrel at all whenever the divers specifically said that they had found Debbie in a barrel. Investigators claimed that rather than seeing a barrel, the divers had seen Debbie's jacket ballooning out around her in the water. But the divers definitely said that they saw a barrel. Now, Debbie's mother overheard investigators say that they were considering bringing the barrel in for evidence on a previous day that they had searched. And to top things off, several people remembered seeing the barrel on the side of Debbie's house in the days leading up to her death. It was something that she used for target practice. When Debbie's mother went to her home on December 27th, the barrel was gone, but the ground was indented where it had been before. Some months after Debbie's death, her mother was able to examine the clothes that Debbie was found in. She didn't recognize any of the clothes as Debbie's. Um, as a matter of fact, she became convinced that the clothes did not belong to her daughter, Debbie. The pants were too large. The jacket she was in did not belong to Debbie or her brother. Um, and they only say this because she had previously borrowed a jacket from her brother. The cup size of the bra she had on was, was three times too big for Debbie's breasts, and the shoes on her feet were three sizes too big. Debbie had on a Pittsburgh Steeler shirt that Jenny had never seen before. The jacket Debbie was wearing was a men's small, and it was brand new. There was no sand, lint, or debris inside the jacket at all, despite being um, in the dirty, murky pond water so it it made her family think you know if she was in the water for six days why was the jacket free from markings and dirt and debris if the pond was full of silt why was debbie so clean and why were the clothes so clean but despite all this the police argued that debbie had drowned and that the clothes belonged to her however her family suspects that debbie was held tortured killed and then put into the barrel and then the killer came back a few days later and took the barrel whenever the cops came to search for it, They also found a necklace containing an evil eye on Debbie's person. Now, her mother never knew Debbie's or anything like that. If you don't know what the evil eye is, it's like... It's like when somebody is, I think... Don't quote me on this. I think it is when... It's to. to prevent negativity from entering your life like whenever somebody looks upon you negatively or wishes negativity on you it reflects back and goes to them debbie was a good swimmer so this poses you know a little problem doesn't it with the scenario that the investigators are trying to cook up um she was found only about 30 feet from the bank of the pond so about five feet in To the pond, the water was only knee deep. So, 30 feet away from the bank wasn't super deep either. So, how could she have drowned in water that was that shallow, even though she was a good swimmer? Well, the investigators claimed that Debbie became confused and disoriented in the cold water. And that the big jacket she was wearing held her down, and she was a victim of immersion syndrome. Um, Like I said earlier, only half a teaspoon of water was found in Debbie's upper bronchial area. So Debbie's mother believed that a hospital volunteer was to blame for her death. Debbie was in charge of the volunteers at the hospital. One had a history of mental illness and he really bothered her. Um, He would often ask her out on dates and even got her home phone number and would call claiming to know where she lived. Jenny believed that one of the volunteers took Debbie hostage, kept her alive for a few days and then killed her. She thinks that the killer then returned to the scene of the crime and removed the barrel to make Debbie's death look like an accident. Both suspects were interviewed. One had an alibi, and there was no evidence to support that the other played any role in Debbie's death. Um, And up until her death, which Debbie's mother, father, and brother, I believe, have all passed away, but they have maintained that she was murdered. So there are a lot of suspicious... Details. Um, there's just a lot of suspicious circumstances in this case, and I would love to know what you think happened to Debbie Wolf. Um, do you think it was an accident? Do you think she was murdered? It is a little suspicious to me, and no one asked my opinion, but I am going to side with um, she was murdered. I don't think it was an accident. I don't think she would drown in her own pond. I don't think she would get emer- immersion syndrome. She's a good swimmer. She was a nurse. I don't think she would become confused or disoriented in the cold water, but things do happen. Um. So let me know what you think about Debbie Wolf and her mysterious death.